0: What happens if you, as an individual, buy into a secular worldview, even a little bit, whether you know it or not? Maybe you were trained to believe some of these things as a child. You're undermining the very foundation on which you determine your own value as a human being.
1: gentlemen welcome to the salty pastor podcast a podcast designed to coach you up in your faith the more you know the more you can grow the importance of growing your faith is more critical now than ever and this is why you should invite people to be part of the salty pastor podcast my name is jesse Mayer. i'll be your host but we cannot do this without the one the only the salty pastor
0: himself dr
1: douglas pete
0: hey everyone so good to be with you today i'm so excited boy we're in this uh in-depth series and wow i'm i'm really uh I'm really passionate about it because mental health, you know, is definitely an outgrowth of our really deep seated core beliefs. And so what a great opportunity to really go deep and dig deep and then also see people who are struggling, you know, to really find adequate tools, adequate understanding, adequate guidance, adequate comp. Uh, compassion in order to deal with these so i'm really excited about it if you could do me a favor go over to youtube look up the salty pastor hit like and subscribe because we're growing and we want to keep the ball rolling
1: absolutely we are in the midst of our series on mental health and having honest conversations about it called weeds in my garden and on tuesday we dug into the issue of despair or lack of hope and where that comes from The answer, it's our world view. Mm. One reason mental health struggles are increasing is because our society is adopting secular world view. This world view undermines any rational basis for personal value, which can lead to some of the things we're seeing now. Yes. So I Mm -hmm. want to dig more into this, Pastor. Let's dive deep on despair and
0: what we're looking at. (laughs) We're going to dive deep into the pool of despair. (laughs) Well, I think one of the things is, is that mental health, Uh, Issues today need to be taken seriously. We really Mm. need to be cognizant of what's going on, why it's going on and what we can do about it. Right. For ourselves personally, you know, what what tools can we develop now? They're going to help us when we become one of those. Of the five, you remember the one in five of all people will right. have a serious mental health crisis in their life, or some, and and we'll know someone, right? That's the or other know thing somebody, like, yeah. It may
1: not be you, but it you'll definitely run into somebody at some point.
0: Yeah, we surveyed uh, the uh, the foothills church and realized that ninety four percent of people know someone going through a severe mental high c- health crisis. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, that is absolutely an amazing stat, and so. I think one of the things is, is that, you know, we have to understand what influences our mental health, what can hinder it or also stop us from healing in the process. Right. And so I think that one issue is despair. And it's a key mental state or the key attitude or belief. Like when you say, man, I just don't my life has no value or I have no hope. That's kind of a belief. Right, mm, yeah, that has settled into your brain it, it it's a key mental thing that people, all professionals, clinicians look for in assessing mental health, they're like, "Wow, um we need to find out how much despair is there or how much do, do they have hope? Do they have any belief that things can get better or not and And since despair is the absence of hope, I think it's really important to ask ourselves, where does hope come from?" And we started to dig into this a little bit on Tuesday, and that is it comes from your worldview, right. And there are basically two worldviews in our world right now. And and this is really important to understand is it's basically secularism, also secular humanism, scientific materialism, various forms of naturalism, uh, et cetera, things of this, you know. And then there's the Judeo-Christian worldview, mm-hmm. right? Now, in America, you're going to run into other, you know, there's sub- Worldviews like Islam is a worldview and Buddhism is a worldview, Hinduism, Eastern mysticism are worldviews. But what's what's really fascinating is that our society predominantly has a polarization between these two worldviews. And the one that has been adopted in our educational, public education system today is the secularistic view, right? So what do we know? Well, as I said on Tuesday, according to health.com, mental health is in, uh, struggles are increasing amongst young people because there is a lack of meaning and purpose in life. What is the expressed outcome of a secularistic scientific materialistic naturalist worldview? It's a lack of meaning and purpose in the past on the salty pastor. We always say when you become a deconstructionist, right, you end up with nihilism or nihilism as they say in England, I suppose. Um, And that nihilism means there's, there's zero purpose for anything. It has no meaning whatsoever. And so I think that's really quite fascinating. That is the result of secularism. And that's why we're seeing mental health issues increase uh, the Anxiety Center listed some of the reasons that anxiety is increasing. You take a lack of meaning and purpose in life and you throw kids onto social media. You, you don't have any lack of boundaries or filters when it comes to media exposure. Uh, there's societal pressure to achieve more, a lifestyle of instant gratification, and a lack of community involvement or connection, Right. And so these things are happening, and it's affecting young people in particular at an alarming rate. So let me ask you this question. If you were to evaluate these outcomes that the Anxiety Center is contributing to it, how would you evaluate them on the basis of outcomes or fruit? In other words, if these things are fruit, where does the fruit come from? Well... It's these worldviews, the social media pressure, right? Well, when you are taught a secularist or a naturalist worldview in a postmodern cultural Marxist context, what happens? you the pressure goes through the roof, it doesn't go down, it doesn't go, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. there's no what happens is you become more susceptible to that pressure, not less. What about what what worldview teaches you that you should achieve more because the material world is all there is, right? Well, that secularism teaches you that. Uh, what, what worldview, Christian worldview, wants to increase easy access to drug and illicit sub- substances? Well, it's not Christianity, <laughs> if you're right. guessing. What what worldview pushes a lifestyle of instant gratification <laughs> it is a christianity Christianity's the exact opposite right it's live a disciplined life over a long period of time right right and then you enjoy life right what what does secularism say well get what get you want now. right now yeah. yeah just get it right now uh when it comes to lack of community involvement and contact with the outside world what what worldview propagates that well secularism does so I want to draw a direct line, a causal link between the things that the anxiety center is increasing mental health issues among young people. Pressure from social media, lack of boundaries or filters when it comes to media, increasing societal pressure to achieve more, easy access to drugs and illicit substances, a lifestyle of instant gratification, a lack of community involvement or contact with the outside world. These are the things that are increasing mental health issues among young people. And guess what worldview propagates all of them? Secularism.
1: Yeah, I think understanding that we are living in a worldview and living with a worldview that is actively contributing to some of these mental health issues crisis that we're we're dealing with right and understanding that is so key because if even if you figure out all of the other aspects of how to handle it if it's a biological or clinical condition you know that's all great but if there's a those are symptoms of a greater problem right like that's what we have to really look at is Mm -hmm. yes let's address those symptoms let's get you healing from those symptoms as best we can with our current um, things but if you ignore the fact that there is an outright issue that's causing or helping cause these things, then you're, all you're doing is just constantly putting band-aids on, right? Right. That's all you're doing is dealing with that and understanding that these things that are being quoted by professionals as leading causes of these things are not coming from a Christian worldview. They (laughs) they are going, (laughs) well, maybe we're missing something or maybe I need to be rethinking what I'm putting in perspective, right? And so talk to me about what the upstream principle is in this um, discussion.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the the question that I kind of gets me, you know, just to help people think in a more upstream way is ask yourself this question. Why does so- social media exposure cause an increase in mental disorders? Why does a lack of community affect your mental health? What What is the connection between drugs and mental health? Why do so many mental health expressions this is what's interesting. People who are struggling with mental health and they have diagnosed mental health struggles, uh, why does it revolve around sexuality? Why, why are those two linked? I find that fascinating that the most predominant s- mental health issues people are struggling with today have to do with gender, transgenderism, uh, queerness, all of these types of things. Why is that? I find that really fascinating. What, what if what is the connection if there is one? I think these are things, answers, or questions we've not answered adequately at all. What I would say is that we need to look at worldviews because that's where we might find some answers. And the key point here is this, is that all of these things are a result of secularism. Therefore, I postulate that secularism is an unequivocal failure in our world. Where did it come from in America, and why is it here? Well, it began with the idea that we need to have a separation of religion and government in order to treat all religions equally. So government can't endorse one over the other. So the government would remain neutral so that in the public square, you could have whatever religion you wanted, we come together, and then we could agree on societal laws, societal values, societal principles, okay? said, well... It's based on this simple notion. Hey, we can have a nation, a public square, where the business of society can take place, and it doesn't require you to have a religion to do it. And on the surface you go, well, what I know about religions in the past and so forth, then I would have to say, yeah, that probably is a good idea. You know, when you look and you read it just, you know, the history of Western Europe, you know, the, they, they had 30 year religious wars, you know, 100 years of war over religion. And right. most, you know, Bloody Mary was all about. Re- I mean, it was it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you look back on it, you go, maybe that's not such a good idea. And maybe we could find a way around that. Well, this is proven to be an actual failure for two reasons. First, the notion of separation of government from religion wasn't to protect government in the society from religion. It was to protect religion from government. So it got inverted Mm -hmm. there. And the second reason why is it commits what in logic, what is known as a categorical error. Okay. Okay. And what that means is this is people don't understand that a religion is actually a worldview. Okay. The outward expression of the religion isn't the point. The point is, what is the worldview of the religion and how does it define reality and how does it define what it means to be a human being? That is where all religions are radically different. Okay, And so let's rephrase the definition of secularism, right, using proper terminology so we don't have a category error. And you tell me, listener, how this hits you. And that's this. We want to try and develop a public square where all the worldviews are equal and the government can't endorse one worldview over the other. How in the world can you develop any type of social contract or societal agreement based on that definition, right? Right. Because we already have that. You know what it's called? Nature, (laughs) right? It's already called that, and that is if if there is no worldview that is agreed on then those with the most power or the most force they determine their world view is superior and then they impose it on everybody else and this is why uh, our universities today founded on the judeo-christian worldview ha- that acknowledged uh, that, that believe that knowledge is to be pursued, are now unable to say that homicidal terrorist groups in the Middle East, um, murdering civilians, killing babies, and raping girls is not wrong or evil, that it's justifiable. How do you get from that Truth is to be pursued to, we can't even say this is wrong, and then we're going to allow groups who support this behavior free reign on our campuses and allow them to discriminate and harass people of the Jewish people. Well, secularism got you there. Because here's the thing, is that all worldviews are not equal, and you cannot have any type of moral relativistic society uh, Professor Dr. Peter Kraft, he's Professor Emeritus of Philosophy at Boston University now, has said this over and over again. There is no society in history built on moral relativism, meaning a morally relevant worldview, and every society that has adopted one has collapsed. Mm. And that's what we're doing today. That's what secularists are trying to propagate. But what happens is it becomes spineless. It has no capacity to make any moral judgment in the face of some of the greatest evil of all. That's a problem. And I believe that is also why young people are struggling with more mental health issues than ever before because a secularist worldview undermines your value as a human being. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or evil. It's all just a matter of preference.
1: Yeah, I think making sure we clarify that ultimately America was founded on Judeo-Christian values, right? Like that was a key founding of unalienable rights given by the creator, right? Like Mm -hmm. there is this idea that there's a reason why everyone should be treated equal, but that doesn't mean that everybody's ideas are equal or beliefs are equal or worldviews are equally good Uh or um powerful for good in the world right Mm -hmm. and so understanding that like the you know you see the coexist bumper sticker and it has everybody's religious symbol on it right and it's like yep okay yes we should coexist but that doesn't mean that every single one of those beliefs is equally good for people or society right like yeah those there's a difference between giving people um Grace and, and love and, and equal rights, but it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that all of the values and beliefs are equal, right? I think that's really important to understand.
0: Well yeah, well, th- that flow out of a particular worldview, right? A lot of people don't understand. the Declaration of Independence starts with a preamble and the preamble is a definition of what it means to be a human being. I mean it specifically states that we are what created right. With unalienable Alienable rights, rights. Yes. from but that have been bestowed upon us by our creator, creator. and among those, they are what life, liberty, life, and, liberty and the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. So, what well, what is what is there? They're saying our worldview, our definition of what it means to be a human being is this right, rights come from God, not government, and your human nature is wired. To pursue life, liberty, and happiness or joy, right? Their definition of happiness is different than ours. Today, happiness is instant gratification of getting what you want. To them, it was probably more closely defined to what we would consider as joy. Right. You know, a total perspective of how to live your life well. But nonetheless, the Declaration of Independence is a worldview, a definition of what it means to be a human being. And at its core... We then turn around and secularists say, our goal is to have every worldview out there be equal. Well, that's the fastest way to destroy America right Right. there.
1: So if this issue of worldviews is kind of a general principle of how we might have gotten here, right? I want you to explain why secularism fails an individual, right? Like we're we're breaking this down how is secularism failing individuals and and how could secularism increase a person's mental stability or decrease a person's mental stability or strength
0: well i think okay so we've talked in a general sense if i understand your question right we've talked in a general sense and people are like yeah i kind of agree with that i can kind of see that and say well now let's you know if it's an axiomatic truth it doesn't just it's not just true uh, in general, it can also be true for you specifically. Okay. And I think that's true is that secularism is based on the notion that all we can know is what we can see or experience right here. Or some people say, prove scientifically, naturally. Uh, this is basically half of Immanuel Kant's philosophy. and Immanuel Kant was very influential in this regard in his writings uh, to get us to this point. Uh, so today, as an individual, you might you might hear, in general sense, secularists will say things like "trust the science, trust the science, or trust what we can know naturally." And of course, this is only half true. And this is what I mean by that. S- the secularists will constantly say that say, "In order, trust the science in order to support our conclusion," which, of course, in when you say that you have left science because science is not a conclusion. Science is a process of discovering truth. That's all science is, 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 is a process. Science is never settled. Science is always exploratory in nature. It's willing to test challenge every assumption. Right. Right. And so that's how we learn more. Therefore, I don't trust science as a conclusion. I trust the scientific process, and I'm very skeptical of scientific conclusions. Why? Because they always change, right, all the time, as they should. Secularism, therefore, by its own admission, when it says this, declares things that are real to be unreal, so when it says we are o- we're going to trust the science, we're going to draw our own conclusions only based on what we can prove naturally. Well, in the process, you, what you've just done is you've said there are things that are real that don't exist. They're unreal since they're unprovable by science. And someone will say, well, what in the world could that possibly be? Well, first of all, logic. Logic cannot be proven scientifically. But we all know logic exists, right? Number two uh, is love. You know, uh, I grew up, Carl Sagan was a big, you know, science guy, and he was really into evolution, he didn't like religion, and he wrote this manuscript for a movie called Contact, and they actually turned it into a movie. It has Jodie Foster and mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey when yep. he was young, and there's a clip in there. Um, and I, I just thought it was a fascinating, uh, a very fascinating movie, all right? It kind of went off into weird government cover-up thing, but... The, the main issue that I thought was so interesting is she was a naturalist, right? She was a scientist. I only believe things that I can prove. And Matthew McConaughey was like a spiritual leader, and they'd had a relationship younger, and now they'd kind of come back together, and he had an affection for her. And she says to him at this dinner party, you know, hey, I, I can't, I'm a scientist. I can only believe what can be proven, and he, he knows her from before, and he says this. He goes, well, did you love your father? And she, of course, lo- loved her father to death. Her father raised her. Her mother died when she was a baby. And her father died, and she gets choked up, and she goes, of, of course I did. You know I did. And he looks at her, and he says, prove it. Mm. And she has no words. You see, love, we, you can't prove scientifically. You know, that's what's so interesting. Mathematics. Did you know mathematics cannot be proven scientifically? Okay. (laughs) It's really fascinating. Um, There's a big debate among mathematicians is, well, did we create math or was math discovered? You know, and that begs this question, and that is is that you can't scientifically prove that math exists. And then finally, science itself. (laughs) Science can't prove it's to itself that it exists. So, So it's really interesting, you know. This is, like I said on Tuesday, The biggest question of all is, why is there something instead of nothing? And so what a secular humanist does is they deny things that are real to be unreal. So now that you know this, what happens if you as an individual buy into a secular worldview, even a little bit, whether you know it or not? Maybe you were trained to believe some of these things as a child you're undermining the very foundation on which you determine your own value as a human being. No wonder you're confused about your value. Mm. Because the very things that bring value to your life, secular humanism declares as unreal. Things like logic and love. Isn't that interesting? Rationality. So no wonder young people struggle with value. And when you struggle with value despair is always knocking at your door you see if hope if hope is a reasonable conclusion of a rational thought and that's what i'm getting at here is that having hope comes from the fact that you have value and value is determined rationally okay it isn't a irrational belief It is a rational belief that is reasoned. I have value. Therefore, if I have value, then I can have hope, right, in the future. And if hope is a reasonable conclusion of rational thought, meaning it's more than a pipe dream, you choose to believe, then truth is critical to hope. Knowing what is real versus what is false is critical to hope. So if we keep telling young people that what is false is actually real or what is real is actually false, guess what we do? We're pushing them into despair because we are undermining their hope and value. Knowing what is right versus wrong is critical to hope. In a secular, morally relativistic society, if you say that there is no moral good, Right? There is no moral evil. No wonder kids are struggling. And One of the biggest ways in which we tell kids this, that we've stolen their identity from them, as we say, is that sexually there is no, nothing, you know, sex is for kids. I mean, it's just getting crazy. But this is a direct result of secular humanism worldview, the desire to sexualize all kids, because their definition of sexuality is what? It's just pure pleasure and kids should have pleasure. It's just absolutely absurd. but what happens is when kids get involved sexually, we call that abuse. Why do we call that abuse? Because it it's a trauma that messes them up right and their mental health for the rest of their lives. And so that's why I think secular humanism as a worldview is so destructive and why you as an individual, if you want to experience more hope, greater value, and you want to develop tools in the people around you that might be struggling with mental health issues, is you have to understand it's a deep-seated issue, there's no easy fix, but the place to begin is to get a person to build a rational construct of their value as a human being, okay? And that requires the right worldview. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor,
1: for um, sharing all that with us. I think we have a lot to ponder as we go into the weekend about how we um, need to be perceiving the world around us and how that perception is going to drastically affect how we deal with mental health moving forward. So I think those are a key thing for us to identify and understand um, to make sure that we are approaching with the core belief and foundation that, will make a big impact on that so thank you so much for sharing that with us thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on sunday here at foothills christian church or next tuesday here on the salty pastor podcast
0: believe in the truth blessings